Greetings and thank you for accepting our invitation to this Bible study and reflection for June 16th, 2021. Hopefully this will help us all live into our church's vision of learning, loving, living God's Word. Now let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. I am borrowing this opening prayer from my daily devotional this morning. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant to us, your humble servants, that by your holy inspiration we may think the things that are right, and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to give you a definition to get started with. <clears throat> this is a definition of bullies. A person who hurts, frightens, or tyrannizes over those who are smaller or weaker. As we discussed several weeks ago, part of our liturgy at St. Paul's Lutheran Church includes a corporate confession. It begins this way. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Now it continues on, but for our Bible study today, I want to focus on the what we have done and what we have left undone portion of this confession. I have a friend of mine that given a choice to sit at a table and eat with others or sit by himself, chooses to normally sit by himself. On one occasion, I went and sat at his table with him and he told me he was surprised that I wanted to sit with him. I asked him why, and he told me that years ago, someone had told him they did not like sitting at the same table with him while they were eating. I thought to myself, how sad that one statement made many years ago had left an indelible scar on my friend's self-worth. I remember another friend from high school, and I will describe him as being from a lower class family. And because of his status, he was verbally bullied. And while I did not verbally bully him, I stood by silently and did not defend him or call out the bully's behavior. Years later, I happened to think of him one day and wanted to know what he was doing. So I got in touch with his sister and asked her how I could contact him. She let me know that he had passed away. I asked her if he had been ill and she hesitated a moment, but then she told me he had committed suicide. Would his life circumstances been any different had he not been bullied? I don't know the answer to that question and probably never will. But I do know that bullying has no place in anyone's life. Today, our scripture is going to come from the book of Luke. And it's going to be a parable or some say story. Uh, that Jesus told about a rich man and a guy named Lazarus. This is found in the 16th chapter of Luke, verses 19 through 31. 
Here is the reading. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me, and said, send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been set in place, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. An interesting observation in this reading is, is that Jesus actually names one of the characters in this parable. The name Lazarus is a Greek variant of Eliezer, which means God is my help. This is not the same Lazarus as the brother of Martha and Mary, that Jesus raised from the dead. So whether this is a parable or a historical story is up for debate, but the point Jesus is making is not. Jesus did just the opposite of what most of us would expect. Whose name are you most likely to know? The rich man in the news every day or the homeless guy who hangs out on the corner outside your local gas station? Just imagine you and Jesus are walking down the street, and you see a rich man across the street. You might ask Jesus who it is. His reply might be, oh, that's the rich man. But if you ask him about a homeless man perched on the edge of the curb with a dog licking his sores, Jesus might tell you, that's Lazarus. Jesus knew his audience well, so they would have understood that purple cloth and fine linen were worn by kings and people of nobility and high social status. Jesus intentionally drew a stark contrast between the rich man and Lazarus. In my research for this Bible study, I came across some of Martin Luther's thoughts on this parable that I'd like to share with you, and I quote, Our Lord, in this passage, holds up before us an example of faith, and of unbelief, or a godless condition, that we might be scared from a course of life which is contrary to faith and love, and apply ourselves 
to these with more diligence. For here we see the judgment of God upon the believing and unbelieving. How frightful it is in the one case and how consolatory in the other. Christ spoke this parable especially against the Pharisees who were covetous and has here rebuked their covetousness. Our Lord presents to us this example of the rich man that he might drive us from being careful only about temporal things and might lead us to be concerned for what is eternal. But that we might so conduct ourselves in regard to the present and temporal as not to bring ourselves into eternal condemnation. End quote. No doubt an example of the rich man bullying Lazarus, not by what he did, but by what he left undone. As Abraham said in verse 29, they have Moses and the prophets, let them listen to them. If Abraham was writing a letter to the rich man, he could have dropped a PS at the end of the letter and said, too little, too late, or sorry, you missed it. I think it's appropriate here to include several verses from the beginning and the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes strikes a chord in modern people who are studying the meaning of life. All things under the sun lead to meaningless and despair, says the teacher. If you live a life without God, the whole duty of a human being is to fear God and keep his commandments. I'm going to read the first two verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and the last two verses in chapter 12. Here's the reading. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And now verses 13 and 14 in chapter 12. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. In the first few verses in chapter 1, the author of Ecclesiastes introduces us to the teacher, and in the final verses of the last chapter, the author summarizes and evaluates everything the teacher has just said. If the rich man dressed in purple and fine linen was indeed a Pharisee, he would have been familiar with the book of Ecclesiastes. You know, there's a difference between reading and taking to heart what you have read. I want to close by reading a short story. I don't know who the author is, but I think it's a good example of the scars, both external as well as internal, we leave on people by what we have done and what we have left undone. And it's titled, Nails in the Fence. There was once a little boy who had a bad temper. His father gave him a bag of nails and told him that every time he lost his temper, he must hammer a nail into the back of the fence. The first day the boy had driven 37 nails into the fence. Over the next few weeks, as he learned to control his anger, 
the number of nails hammered daily gradually dwindled down. He discovered it was easier to hold his temper than to drive those nails into the fence. Finally, the day came when the boy didn't lose his temper at all. He told his father about it, and the father suggested that the boy now pull out one nail for each day that he was able to hold his temper. The days passed, and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that all the nails were gone. The father took his son by the hand and led him to the fence. He said, you've done well, my son, but look at the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. When you say things in anger, they leave a scar, just like this one. You can put a knife in a man and draw it out. It won't matter how many times you say I'm sorry, the wound is still there. The little boy then understood how powerful his words were. He looked up at his father and said, I hope you can forgive me, father, for the holes I put in you. Of course I can, said the father. Thanks be to God that through his son, Jesus Christ, and the scars he still bears, if we confess our sins, we are forgiven. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father and most merciful God, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who took what we deserved so that we could receive what we do not deserve. Thank you for your mercy and your grace, and help us to extend the same to every one of our neighbors. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace, serve the Lord.